Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. Our film critic Ben McKechnie is back for another year. So glad. And uh, he's back with probably one of the biggest and most successful films to hit our screens for a long time, Les Miserables has stunned critics, already scoring Golden Globes, Screen Actors Guild Awards, and nominations for multiple Academy Awards. And I must say, we have to be pretty happy with our fellow countrymen, Hugh Jackman and Russell Crowe, for doing us proud on the big screen. While everyone seems to love it, let's get Ben's take on this film. Welcome back, mate. Hello, mate. It's great to talk to you. How's things? Wonderful. Welcome back to 2013, Ben. A great pleasure to be back with you and the listeners. It's Thank always you. fantastic to be part of You're a now. champion. I suspect most people have heard about this film. Can you just quickly tell us, those who haven't really heard much about it, what's it about? What's the vibe? Yeah, well, look, you'd imagine Yeah, people must be living under that proverbial rock. Yes. They haven't heard about Les Miserables at all, and it has been out since Boxing Day. And you know, one of the reasons that we're talking about it is we haven't talked thus far this year. And this movie, as you said in your intro, like had massive attention, uh, loads of awards, done a lot of uh, big, big number of the big money at the box office, all that kind of thing. Um, but what we're about to get onto is like the kind of themes and ideas in the movie, which I think are you know, much more pertinent. Yeah, to, very uh, interesting. Open House. Yeah. That's right. But in a nutshell, it's based on a, uh, you know, a classic uh, French novel from a couple of centuries ago that was turned into a, a musical stage production. This is the filmed version of the stage production. So it's all musical, all singing, and basically a story of a guy who uh, got chucked in prison for stealing a loaf of bread, and then for the rest of his life, pretty much goes about trying to redeem himself while he's got the shadow of this really quite ruthless cop on his tail. And then the French Revolution gets wound in amongst that and and a lot of singing. Let me ask you this. What was your first reaction after seeing it? Because it is a bit of a different film. Yes, that's very true. And also, by way of full disclosure, I, I've never seen Les Miserables on stage and I haven't read the book. And I, and I actually went out of my way to not read much about the story, having heard so much about this production, yes. but never, I didn't want to know anything about the story. But I had started hearing in a bunch of different sermons around the place, people using illustrations from Les Miserables in a way I hadn't actually heard before. Mm. And so, yeah, diving into the film and going through it and coming out the other side, um, I was pretty gobsmacked, actually, at, at the God content yeah. that's in this show. I, I was just, I found it amazing and, and really, like, kind of had me cheering in the aisles. Yeah. So, um, I think I, on the uh, actually, I'll go from what you what you said in your intro. Actually, kind of sets me up for I'm going to come in and hammer it. So I should say, <laughs> no. So I should say no. I really liked it. Like um, my fiance Amy and I had a great time in there. I think it's too long, and I think um, it, it definitely uh, it gets a bit uh, samey after a while. It's an amazing and beautiful production, yeah. and to move a musical onto the screen is very difficult. But it can get a bit repetitive. But then I'd imagine there's people now going to stake at my house who love this musical and, and will be able to tell me differently. And we'll post your address on our Open House Community Facebook page. You, yeah, if you could, that'd be, that'd okay. be great. The um, cast is very solid. Who impressed you the most, Ben? Well, actually, there's a scene in the film with Anne Hathaway, who um, plays a character called uh, Fontaine in it, who is one of... There's a couple of, like, catalyst moments in the film, but this, uh, the, this number that she does uh, where... You're watching an amazing, and given the title of the movie, I didn't actually expect this movie to be as bleak and depressing as what it was. Okay. And there's a number of scenes all the way through. There's a number of songs all the way through where people are just miserable, um, which I really should have expected from the title. Yeah, that's... What happens to this Fontaine character and where she ends up and this 
there's this song that Anne Hathaway just looks straight down the barrel of the camera and it seems like it goes on for 10 minutes. And she cries and she like almost screams throughout it. It's, it's amazing. It's this amazing kind of portrait of uh, tortured emotion and life all kind of spewing out in one song. So for, for me, actually, uh, Hugh Jackman and, uh, and, and Je- Je- um, I was going to say Jeffrey Rush, Russell Crowe, were great, but the standout for me was this moment with Anne Hathaway. I was like, she, like, I'm still thinking about that. Wow. So it's the producers who make this, also the producer's director? Yeah, yeah. So um, that's a guy called Tom Hooper, who mm. um, most people would actually would never have heard of until uh, he went and swept the Academy Awards the other year with the King's Speech. Yes. So that guy has come in in this, and like it was always going to be well-mounted and well-put-together, and like what you couldn't argue with, I don't think, from the kickoff, was that it was always going to look beautiful and be an amazing piece of work. But well, what I hope most people are coming out of Les Miserables are talking about is the fact that, um, well, there's a number of great things about it. One of them is that one of the, probably the best character in the whole thing is a, is a, is a bishop who uh, changes the fortunes of this, of this convict. And when he does, well, he seems to change his fortunes, but what the bishop does is gives the credit all to God. And in this way where, like so many stories that we, we hear of or, and you know, see on screens and reading books and all that kind of thing, there's no mention of the sovereign hand of God in anything, in anything. But in this production, this bishop says, I didn't do this like off my own back. I, I'm effectively an agent of God. This convict needs to think about what he's going to do with his life now, because effectively God has given him his life back in this, in this scene. Uh, and there it is on the big screen. Wow. And there it is on the big screen. And this is a big Boxing Day release up against The Hobbit. And yes, I hope yeah. you can hear the excitement in my voice. Like I, I, I was really, and I think actually their portrait of Christianity, while very simplified, because it always has to be when you're trying to you know, demonstrate it in any kind of production where you've got to contain a, an epic message, I think they actually do justice to Christianity in this film in a way that I'm kind of struggling a bit to find a better demonstration, particularly um, concepts of forgiveness. Yes. But also, and then we jump right to the end of the movie, and I'm, I'm really trying not to shatter it for those like me who hadn't seen this film. But there's a scene at the end where uh, this, this convict character that Hugh Jackman plays actually confesses his sins to God and, and asks for forgiveness. And sadly, in the cinema that I was in, um, people, people laugh. Like, people actually... I kind of chuckled along, and that saddened me. Like, that saddened me more than all these scenes of misery that yeah. are going on in this film, because what's happening here on screen is this character, act, like, rightly knows that what, what he needs and what he needs to do before God and through Christ, and that, for me, just blew me away. The other film you wanted to talk about, we'll have to do it briefly, is The Life of Pi. And again, it's, this is about a boy who exper- explores spirituality. Is that right? Yeah, 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 it is. Like it's an amazing month for these God movies. Yes. Um, but but where I'm I'm all kind of thumbs up for Les Miserables. Uh, Life of Pi gets more of a thumbs down from me. Uh, I, I, I again, I'm such a I'm such a movie guy. I don't read books, so I, I didn't I didn't read the book of Life of Pi. So I don't have the investment in the story. I don't find the story anywhere near as interesting as what I expected, given the hype around the film. I, yeah. I really expected this thing to, to kind of blow me away. What, uh, but on the God side of things, yeah, you're right. It's about a, a boy searching spiritually, and it goes through a number of different religions. Uh, an Indian boy uh, starts off Hindu, uh, encounters Christianity, uh, Muslim, and then all, and then other kinds of belief systems get chucked in a little bit. But 
for me, for a movie that people have described as a real a search for God and a, and a movie that discusses God and sort of God's at the core, which is true to some to some degree, uh, I found particularly the culmination of it, particularly when it kind of gets to its point. Uh, for me, as a Christian viewer, I found it uh, really unsatisfying and uh, and. and Slightly insulting. Slightly okay. insulting. Still, I read uh, that Barack Obama wrote a personal letter to the author, Jan Motel, uh, back in 2001, which said the book was an elegant proof of God, but also the power of storytelling. Wow. Well, actually, while I, while I, uh, while I do I disagree with the president, um, I, I, I can see what he's saying. I can see what he's saying. Uh, there, is, there is elegance to the depiction of God, and there is some good storytelling in this movie, one of the, and I'm tr- again trying very hard not to give things away, um, but the, there's an underlying message to this film that all roads lead to God, that, that, uh, that faith is kind of this uh, human force that can be directed towards effectively whatever God you want, and that's pretty much the point. So uh, human, uh, human ingenuity, survival, kind of relying on yourself, and then giving over to some higher power, but not necessarily explaining or it doesn't even seem relevant who the higher power is or what yes. they want yeah it just seems to be giving over so for me i i wanted to give the movie over it is it's a beautiful piece of work we saw it in 3d it's visually stunning it's up for a million academy awards i just think it's a little bit too much of a story for now and i but i as in i can see why it appeals to people because it's very non-threatening it doesn't point you towards one particular god it effectively is saying like all roads are going to get you there and uh, as a christian i disagree with that. I'm so glad that you join us every now and then on Films. Ben McKechnie, you culture guru. It's great to have you back for 2013, mate. We'll uh, talk ah, soon. Good to be here. Good I'll on you. in a couple of weeks. All the best. We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.